0: A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Haley, happy Saturday. Happy 4th of
1: July weekend. Yeah,
2: happy 4th of July. I
1: love this I love extended weekends of all kinds.
2: <laughs> okay, but this that's is what it's about. A
1: really fun one.
2: That's a fun one. It is. It's I really like one. this one too.
1: Yeah, we've got all kinds of fun stuff planned on the show. We always do, right? Is there ever a week that we put something together and think this is really going to get them? It's boring, right? We don't do that. No, there's we always it's think always. It's fun. Now, is it fun? That we don't know. This but one to I, us, is
2: maybe more universally fun.
1: fun. This one's universally fun. I think so. All right, yeah, we've got we've got good stuff. We don't even need to tell you how good it is or what it is. Just bank on the fact that it's good. But right now, the first segment, we want to get right into it because it's all about flags, handling flags the the respectful way, dealing with them and disposing of them in a respectful way. Right. And actually, I've even got a little story to start the whole thing.
2: It's a good story. I really like it.
1: But I have a less good story to start before I go to the good story. The, The less good story is just something that I don't even know why I like to talk about these things. But I'm so stunned sometimes at how my brain works or fails to work. (laughs) You know this story, so you don't have to act like it's new to you. I took my son out to eat
2: Oh, this
1: the other day, and we had a great time. We're sitting in the restaurant, having a big time, you know, talking. Great time. And as I sat there, I don't know exactly what. I think my belt was rubbing against my stomach. I probably was enjoying my, I had too much food probably. So my belt is rubbing against my stomach. I didn't notice it in the restaurant. I get outside and, wow, my stomach itches a little bit. Well, I don't want to itch my stomach in public. You know, I'm not that kind of person, right?
2: I mean, how crazily are you itching your stomach?
1: Well, I wasn't itching it at all at that point. <laughs> I was just walking out thinking about itching, but I'm waiting till I got to the truck to do that. But then, lo and behold, the parking lot cleared out in front of me. Nobody was around. I looked to my left. Nobody. I look straight ahead. Nobody. People behind me aren't going to know what's going on. And the building's to the right. I'm perfect. I'm golden. So I really laid into the scratching. And really, you know, because, you know, when you hit that zone,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I hit the zone. Mm-hmm. And I was going. And as I'm Belly doing, exposed. I looked. exposed. Yes. I looked to the right <laughs> again and realized, yes, the building is there, but so is the window. And there's a booth right at the window, and there's two people sitting there staring right back at me. Did you make eye contact? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was so stunned. I just stared at them for a second with my hands on my belly, and then uh, I let my shirt drop back down. And it wasn't way up, but it was way more up than, <laughs> I mean, they pushed their plates away. They were done. Oh no, gosh. that part didn't happen, but oh, I was so embarrassed. I'm never going back. If you're well, those they're people, not going to be there true. again. If you're those people, well, now you know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. I'm sure it was a great meal and I'm sure that was not the way you wanted to I end it. I think that
2: was just the cherry on top.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think so. Anyway, that was my horrible story. Now I have a good story because, like I said, you want to talk about flags, And I want to talk about what's one of the nicknames that we have. We have the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah. Right. Um, And another nickname is
2: Old Glory. Old
1: Glory. And I had no idea where that, I never really thought about it before. No, me neither. Where that name came from. But now I know. And I'm going to share it with everybody. So here's the deal. Long ago. I wish I had looked up exactly how long ago. But let's say a while ago. 1800s. All right. Captain William Driver. He's a sea captain. R. I I like his name. Yeah, he's got a great name. Yeah. Captain William Driver receives on his 21st birthday a flag. American flag. He is so thrilled. He unwraps it, pushes the tissue paper aside, a little tear trickles down his cheek. <laughs> he pulls the flag out and just sits there in stunned silence for a second. You know, probably shaking his head slowly from side to side as he's absorbing this moment. Yes. Then he says, R. She's Old Glory, right? So he names the flag. Right then and there, in, in a pirate voice. And everybody around claps, and, and you know it's just a huge emotional moment, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, we're, we're editorializing on that. I'm not <laughs> exactly sure, but picture it that way. Anyway, he takes Old Glory, newly christened Old Glory, and installs her on his ship. And then spends the rest of his career careening over the oceans with Old Glory flapping along in the breeze right behind.
2: Wow. Everybody I mean, sees this... old...
1: He talks about Old Glory all the time. You see him coming and you sometimes want to turn away. Because you know he's going to tell you all about Old Glory again. But then he catches your eye. You know those people. Yeah. I'm one of those people. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> he loves Old Glory and he flies her on his ship until he retires.
2: I mean, that's a seriously worn out flag at it's, that point. It's
1: pretty tattered. It's actually got an, a very quick, interesting story where when he got it, you know, the the stars all represent the flag, the states in the Union. Sure. And a new state entered in the interim and he actually added a star to keep it up to date.
2: And he like sewed one in himself?
1: I'm not exactly sure but yes, he added one in some way or another. That's he wrong. also added an anchor, which I think was probably a little seems less... like breaking the yeah, rules. Yeah, seems like it's not quite Perfect flag etiquette, but he added an anchor in the bottom right of the blue field to symbolize his years on the sea.
2: Well, I like the sentiment. Yeah,
1: the sentiment's cool. Yeah. So anyway, he retires and moves to Tennessee, landlocked. Hmm. Not a lot of, yeah. not a lot of ocean to careen around on. No. And so he hoists Old Glory outside of his home on patriotic days and things like that. Oh, Brings cool. her out and flies her. Anyway. The Civil War breaks out. Tennessee secedes from the Union, and Old Glory is not quite what she used to be in everybody's eyes down there, except Captain William Driver. So he snags Old Glory, carefully folds her up, according to etiquette, I'm yes. sure, and then hides her in an old quilt that he had. sews, like it, sews it in? Sews it into a quilt Whoa. and hides it. It's good he did, because... Uh, Confederate soldiers came and raided the house several times and were unable to find Old Glory. That's not sure if they impressive. were looking for Old Glory. Right. Yeah. I like that idea. But they didn't want the quilt. Yeah. Spread out. Find her. Bring her out. <laughs> She's not here. Where's Old Glory? I'm not talking. You know, that kind of thing. Yes. Anyway, they leave him alone. And eventually the Union troops come back in 1862 and everything is freed up. And he breaks out Old Glory. This is my favorite part of the whole story. And we're reaching the epic conclusion. So everybody's edge of the seat, edge closer to the radio, everybody. He breaks out Old Glory and then busts out of his house, running down the street with the flag over his head, all the way to the Capitol. I hope it was close. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Because that's a long run (laughs) if it's a ways away. But he runs to the Capitol building, climbs to the top of the dome. So... Yes, I can see Haley's got this look on her face that that's crazy. He's using the steps inside, I'm sure. I'm
2: imagining an old man climbing one the Capitol building on the outside, like up. Yeah, like Spider Man. Right.
1: With his flag in his mouth. Let's picture it that way. I think that that's is better. A great image. This old <laughs> sea captain climbs to the top of the dome and then unfurls old glory. Right there. Everybody around sees. I'm sure there was a lot of clapping. The camera panned out, went way, way far away. You could see everybody like a drone shot. Yeah, fireworks are going off. Confetti. All of those wonderful things. That's the last time Old Glory, that Old Glory, from what I'm reading, was unfurled to the public. Wow. All right. So he brings Old Glory home, cherishes it the rest of his life. And on his deathbed, he bequeaths it to his daughter, tells her to take good care of it. She's been with me all these years. <laughs> and the daughter takes old glory. It's a cherished family heirloom. And she keeps it until 1922 when she donates it to the Smithsonian. Wow. And it is still preserved to this day. We can see it. You can look online and see it's tattered. It's faded. They've got you,
2: the little anchor in the corner see and everything. The
1: anchor in the corner, wow. the extra added star. That's old glory. That's the original old glory. And. All the other flags that are referred to as that, that's where the story comes from. I had no idea. Look at that. There we go. We're off to a rollicking good start, aren't we? Yeah. Now, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about flag etiquette, how to properly fly your flags... And how how to, to dispose of them.
2: them? Retire them is the nice way to say it.
1: Right when the time comes, and I promise, Haley, this one's your segment. All right, I will shut up.
2: Okay. It's not,
0: happen, <laughs> but I'll do my best. All right, that's all coming up just ahead. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Lite Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore, on News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM.
1: And we're back, and we are full steam ahead in our 4th of July extravaganza.
2: It really has been.
1: Yes, yeah, stars and stripes. I've got fireworks going off in here. And we are having a big time. <laughs> you
2: should get sparklers.
1: No, no. <laughs> Everything in here, if that now caught on is, fire. Now this is pretty sealed. <laughs> yeah, we, we would not be in good shape. We're not doing that. No, we talked about... Basically, an old story from history, put put a little bit of a spin on it, but how the flag got the nickname Old Glory. We mm-hmm. talked about that in the last segment. And now, Haley, you're going to talk about flag etiquette and how to retire a flag respectfully.
2: Right. There's a whole flag code. And I realized that when you were talking earlier and you said the Smithsonian got Old Glory in 1922, mm-hmm. well, flag code was put in writing in 1923. Oh, so the year later. Yeah. I wonder if that's... That's kind of cool. Connected, Kind of interesting. But yeah, we had a lot of traditions around flags forever, but it wasn't put into writing until 1923 when the National Flag Conference was held in Washington, D.C. And they did this because the flag represents a living country. And so they consider it a living thing.
1: Right. You actually had a quote, right? And that's literally what it says. The flag mm-hmm. represents a living country and it is is itself considered a living thing. You're Which just,
2: I kind of love.
1: Yeah, that is interesting, and you didn't just put your spin on it. that's no, literally, that's the literally what they said. Yeah, because you you said you you've always talked since I've known you about how you can't look at uh, stuffed animals in the stores. Well, anything. Or hold them. I mean,
2: I feel bad when I pick things up in stores that I I feel attached to. Yeah, and I don't actually end up buying because I feel like. Whatever it is, has hope of being adopted in that moment. <laughs>
1: oh, I'm gonna go to a real home, yeah. and then you put it back, and then on, I, the shelf. back on the shelf. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, when I
2: was a kid, I'd feel really bad for stuffed animals because of that. Because <sighs> I'd pick them up all excited, and then my mom would say no, and then I would Always feel so no. bad for the stuffed animal that I was leaving and not taking
1: home with me. So, so you can really relate to this concept. Yeah, I'm not and alone.
2: Idea. Other people, you know. Yeah, I mean. Old Glory, that wouldn't have had a name if he wasn't right, so attached right. to it. The so same
1: concept. Anyways. So they codify all these old traditions into something that will be consistent going forward so that yeah. we can maintain this respect that was so important. Because without doing that, we really run the risk of losing some of these traditions or, or moving away from them. And that's a big deal that we want to avoid. So what are some of the rules? Because when you talked about them to me, I was surprised. I, I yeah. thought I knew them. And I don't.
2: I love this because you're such a rule follower. Yeah. And it turned out you've been breaking some rules. I've
1: been breaking a boatload of rules when it comes to flags and how to display them.
2: Yeah. You've been breaking a couple. The first one that we found out that you broke yep. is you were flying the flag when it was raining outside. You were not taking the flag down. Yes. I flew, and bring it inside.
1: I flew the flag in all types of weather. I didn't realize that in clement weather, I'm supposed to take the flag down from the pole and bring it in.
2: Right. The other one is you were not lighting the flag at night.
1: No, I know. I wasn't doing that either. And I kind of thought about that. I kind of seemed like that was a rule. But I decided I wasn't going to look into it because I didn't want to find out. (laughs) (laughs) I figured I could at least feign ignorance to some extent. But it's got to be brightly lit. Yes,
2: yes you and shouldn't if it's not then you've got to bring it inside.
1: Yeah, bring it inside at night, take it down, fold it up appropriately mm-hmm. and bring it inside.
2: Cuz it's like you're living you're leaving a living thing out at night and it's right? sad, you know, it's all by itself. It's sad,
1: it's afraid of the dark. Mm-hmm. It's cold outside. You're leaving
2: a nightlight for it.
1: Bring the flag in or put a nightlight on it.
2: <laughs> the other thing is uh when you're hanging the flag on a wall mm-hmm. vertically, not right. horizontally, not like you're flying it. When it's on a wall, the stars always should be to the left.
1: Of the observer, right? Yes. So if you're looking at the flag, the star field should be to the left. My natural inclination, because you asked me which mm-hmm. way would I do it, I would have hung it the other way with the stars to the right.
2: And I didn't know that, I mean, either way was right or wrong. So
1: Right. There is a wrong way, and that's my way, is again the <laughs> wrong way. If you're displaying a, a flag in your store and you're hanging it vertically or in your home or wherever, the correct way to do it is with the union, the star field, to the left of the observer.
2: Exactly. Another one I think is interesting because I, I don't know. We have all these really patriotic things, especially around the 4th of July, like napkins and plates, all this stuff. But actually, they're saying that you shouldn't put flags on paper napkins, boxes, it shouldn't be on handkerchiefs because then you're blowing your nose into it.
1: Paper plates. You're piling your hamburgers on them. Yeah. None of that's good. A
2: cushion is the other thing that they pointed out. Don't embroider it onto a cushion because then you're, you're sitting, sitting on, on the right. flag.
1: I love this because, yes, it seems nitpicky. Yeah. But it's important. It's a way to reinforce how important this symbol is and what it stands for. And, yeah, I think about all kinds of napkins I've seen. Oh, I yeah. believe they've been covered with flags.
2: Mm-hmm. Always. I mean, and then that's you crumple them up and throw them away. That's all bad. Kind of bad. a classic 4th of July thing. <laughs> yeah. One last
1: Whoops. thing when it comes to the, the flying etiquette or the displaying the flag etiquette. I've always believed that, I, I remember that from elementary school, that if the flag touches the ground, oh, yeah. now it needs to be disposed of properly. You know, burned is they what They would we always say about. that. That's not the case, though. No. You said if it touches the ground and it's actually damaged severely
2: then you can dispose of it by burning it, which is the correct way. But, yeah, if it just grazes the ground, it's not ideal. You know, say you're sorry to the flag, but you don't have to burn it.
1: All right. So let's... Well,
2: wait, hold on a minute. This isn't the last one. Oh. We've got one more. I forgot one? Yeah, you skipped ahead. Oh, yeah, go ahead. The other one is cool. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to have a flag as part of a costume. And it's not necessarily saying that you can't have the stars and stripes together in some other fashion, right? That's okay. Captain America
1: is okay. Yes. (laughs) But literally wearing a flag, it's the same concept of putting the flag on the pillow. You could sit on it. If your pants are flag pants (laughs) with a literal flag on them, that's probably not cool. Right. So there, that truly is the last one with displaying the flag that we had. Now yep. let's talk about the flags that have hit retirement age. And they're not going to go to the Smithsonian. They've right. already got one. <laughs> they don't need yours. What are you going to do with them? You mentioned that there are collection places all over the place. Hardware stores. Mm-hmm. The who, who collects those in the end? The American Legion?
2: yes. So, they've got boxes out at hardware stores, they collect them when they're full, and then on June 14th, Flag Day, they have these ceremonies where they actually dispose of the flags appropriately or retire them, as they like to say. And so, what happens is they have you know, everyone inspect the flags, make sure that they're actually you know, in bad enough condition to do this, mm-hmm. and then once they've decided that, they fold them in the appropriate way, the chaplain says a prayer... Everyone salutes the flag and then they burn them and they dip them in kerosene so it really burns them. We don't want anything left. Right. You just want ashes.
1: And then as that's happening, a bugler is playing.
2: Yes. Uh, they're What's playing it to the colors. To the colors. So now, it's a big production. It is a big
1: deal. Now if you want to dispose of your own flag yourself, you can. You can yes. burn the flag yourself. A couple things to keep in mind. Newer flags are made of materials that you might not want to burn. Right, we'll tell you how to deal with that in the end. If you've got a fabric flag that you can burn mm-hmm. safely, the proper way to do it needs to be adhered to. Otherwise, you're being really, really disrespectful. And yeah. we certainly want to clarify what we're talking about is a respectful burning of a retired flag.
2: Yes, it's the like Repcoilite a Home funeral. Home Improvement Show.
1: <laughs> it's respectful. How does it work?
2: So to have your flag funeral. You fold the flag, again, in the appropriate manner in the little triangle, and we can put directions in the show notes. But then you put the flag in the fire, make sure it's totally burned. You know, we just want the ashes there. And while it's burning, you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. Once you're done burning it, you have a moment of silence, and then you can bury those ashes.
1: Right. Now, if you're going to bury the flag, you don't want to burn it. You can bury it in a wooden box. You don't want a cheap box. You want a nice box. And you bury it in your yard. Yeah. All right. We're going to put all of that info in the show notes because it is fun to check out. And there's a lot that we couldn't get to, but it's enough for now. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be on the phone with local interior designer, Michaela Noel, talking about styling shelves the right way. (laughs) That's all just ahead. Stay tuned.
0: If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco like Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Haley, shelves are a common element in decor.
1: You know, whether it's a mantle, built in bookcases, or even just a literal shelf on the wall, they're common, right. but they're often tough to really style correctly. For me, it's the mantle that I struggle with. Well, and it's know? the
2: focal point of the room.
1: Right. It's the focal point of the room, and I can never quite get it right. Well, you ran into a blog post from a local designer, right?
2: Yeah, she has multiple posts on the do's and don'ts of styling shelves. Michaela Noel Designs, we've actually got her here on the phone today. Michaela, thanks for chatting with us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we've had you on in the past Mm -hmm. and you had some really good info and I saw this blog post, so I'm excited to get into it. But first, why don't you give us a little bit of info about your business and what you do?
3: Sure, I am a residential interior designer in West Michigan, and um, I specialize in creating beautiful, functional homes for my clients. Um, usually, they are families, and I I love working with them.
2: Well, you've got great info on your website too, and like I said, we saw this blog post, and we'll link to it in the show notes. But we wanted to start with four common mistakes you see when it comes to styling shelves. Um, we've talked sure. about this process a little bit before, but I think these are easy things that people have in their homes.
3: Totally. This is one of the easiest things I think that you can do in your home to take it to the next level. Obviously, this is a more finishing touch that I do to my clients' spaces and it makes a world of difference. So. Um, yeah, so I talk about these four mistakes in this blog post. The first mistake that I see often is spreading items out too far, like evenly spacing the objects with no layering on your shelves and this This looks fine, but it can be taken to the next level with the help of layering items and not having this even amount of spacing between each object. And instead creating like these little mini groupings or what I call vignettes. And vignettes are groups of items. Sometimes they can be like items or just um, setting a grouping of a couple of objects closer together and layering them in front of one another to create a more collected, uh, cohesive look. So that was mistake number
2: one. Mistake number two is not paying attention to balance.
3: Right. So one of my biggest tips in styling shelves is to make sure that the shelves aren't symmetrical, but instead that there is this equal distribution of visual weight throughout the shelves when you look at them as a whole. So you'll want to look at the size of an object and even the color or texture of an object to see if it's a heavy or a light item in regards to this visual weight.
1: So how exactly does the color or the texture I mean, how do I know which ones are heavy? What is yellow heavy?
3: Right, That's a great question. Yeah, right. Yellow would be considered probably a lighter item if it is, you know, a little bit a smaller item. But something with a dark color or dark texture. So something like a big black vase or um, a really large um, wood candle. That Mm -hmm. would be something that is... um, heavier in visual weight, something that is white or maybe just lighter in general that blends in more to the color of your actual bookshelves, that's gonna be something that's seen as more lighter, more airy um, and won't take up as much visual space. And one way that you can think of it is What does your eye go to immediately? If your eye stops at something, then it's probably gonna be something that is heavier in visual weight. That's a good trick.
1: All right, so that's important. Pay attention to the balance, to the visual weight of everything. Another mistake you mentioned is really having too few objects and putting them in the wrong places. What exactly do you mean by that?
3: Yeah, so sometimes I'll walk in and um, there'll be maybe four or five objects on their huge set of built-ins. And obviously, there's if there's more negative space than there is actual items on your bookshelf, mm-hmm. then we need to add more. We I love negative space, and I, I, really, I actually believe that there's nothing worse than something that's over cluttered. But on the other end of the spectrum, if you don't have enough, then it just feels unfinished.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. So how do I decide that, though? I mean, that's just a, a personal thing, or... What do you have for me tip-wise to figure out when I've hit the butter zone?
3: <laughs> the butter zone. Right. <laughs> I know That's, that is hard because it, there is a balance of it being a personal preference, but then also there, there definitely is like, you know, you can look at it and just kind of tell. But some of this is so hard to be like, to yeah, it's tell so you you, know, you have the right amount of objects. Sure. <laughs> you, it's kind of just a feeling. Um, I think that the best thing to know is that you definitely want less negative space than
1: you do of your actual
2: objects okay so more objects than negative space on the shelves well and and what
1: i'm picking up is that this is not a hey i did it and i'm done this is something where i can reassess it over and over and over tweak and tweak and tweak until i get there and i will learn as i go the more i do this the better i'll develop so mistake four the last one that you had on your list i'm sure there are other mistakes but the last one you had on your list was basically the idea of relying too heavily on the frames and framed pictures you know, we get shelves and we tend to load them up with all of yeah. these photos that matter to us. And you had an issue with that. Now you like the sentiment, <laughs> yes. sentimental nature of it, <laughs> but there was a, a concern there.
3: Yes, don't get me wrong. I loved a framed family photo, but sometimes people use their shelves as basically like the only spot in their entire house to line up all of their frames. And so anytime we're lining up any repeated item, or even if they're not repeated items, but anytime we're lining up objects kind of in that straight systematic way, Mm -hmm. it just doesn't look collected. And it doesn't look, um, you know, like there was a real element of style going on in there. And so um, I love frames. And I think that we should frame our pictures and print our pictures and display them. But I think we have to use them slightly more sparingly than one might think. So one way to use frames is to layer them. And what I mean by that is you can actually lean them against the back of your bookshelf, and then you can layer with smaller objects, like maybe a little bud base with a sprig of eucalyptus or something like right in front of that so that you're creating some um, uh, visual depth. And it also just looks a little bit more like you actually thought about it and styled it that way.
2: Yeah, I think this is something that I've run into. I collect a lot of objects and mm-hmm. a lot of the same objects. And mm. so I style shelves, but sometimes I've tried it where I'm just having all of the same thing in a group together. And right. then I have to redo it immediately because it it's not as interesting to look at all of a sudden. It's better when you're kind so of true. interdispersed throughout.
3: Yes, and that is the main thing. Like, that is the heart of why we're talking about this because we want your bookshelves to look visually interesting and we don't want someone's eye to stop in one spot we want their eye to travel around the entire bookshelf and see all the cool things that you have instead of stopping in one spot because maybe you have a ton of bud bases Mm -hmm. or little jars or something in one spot Um, or you have too small of things and they can't even see them so that's why we're talking about um, dispersing the wealth and the visual <laughs> yes. weight and putting those pictures in um, more strategic spots yeah, so that a good you it. actually see them, the important ones and the fun ones that you really want to display. Things are more meaningful when your entire shelves aren't covered in one thing.
1: We are on the phone with Michaela Noel, local interior designer, and we're talking about styling shelves. And we just went through a bunch of mistakes, a number of mistakes that you commonly see, Michaela. In the last little bit that we've got, I know you've got a process for when you're doing this, when you're putting the shelves together, you've got a number of steps in how you get to a good end result. Why don't you walk us through those quickly in the last little bit that we've got? Sure.
3: So the first thing you want to do is clear everything off of your shelf. Um, Second, you want to shop your house. So get anything that you can find anywhere in your house. And so this would be like, um, objects, books, um, little plants, things like that. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to, you know, we have all of our objects sitting on the floor and we're looking at them and now we're going to start putting things on the shelves. And the first thing that you're going to start with are books Okay. and how you want to think about this is not putting all of your books in one spot. Again, we want to distribute that visual weight, um, in different sh- spots and on different shelves. Okay. So once you layer your books, then of course, you can do some going horizontally that we're going to put an object on top of, you can do some vertically that we might kind of curb with a bookend or something. And we want to put those in different spots. So then you're going to fill in with your larger objects first. So maybe your larger object is going to be um, like in my blog post, um, I have a larger piece of framed art that I lean against the back of the bookshelf. And then I also have a really long and narrow wood, um, candle that kind of looks like a boat and that goes at the end and takes up a lot of, um, space. Okay. So once we've done our bigger objects, then we're going to kind of plug in with faces and candlesticks. And so these are our like tall and skinnier items this is kind of where you're going to step back and you're going to say, okay, now where is somewhere that could use some height? And that's where you're going to plug in with these items. Um, and then our next step is going to be the smaller accessories, which is really what is going to start filling in and finishing this off. And so anywhere where you feel like there's a little hole, maybe this is a spot that you can use a smaller object. This is also a great spot to talk about using the rule of thirds, which, is just to say that our eyes see things best in threes. For some reason, it's very visually pleasing to our eye to see things in threes. And so when you're creating these little vignettes and groupings, um, a great thing to remember is to group things in threes. Well, those are some really good tips. And
2: I think I can even go back and kind of assess what I've got going on I've got a lot of really small objects and one spot on the shelf and maybe those would be better as fillers I like the idea of stripping everything down and then strategically placing these items kind of in groups like you said Mm -hmm. breaking it into books then larger objects then vases and then your small objects that way you're not kind of doing it all at once and it becomes really messy and hectic.
3: Totally. And just a word of encouragement. Even for me, this takes me a while. Like I'm not going to nail it on the first try. You know, it's kind of a working process. Like you were saying earlier too, is this is something that you're going to probably walk past for a couple of days and maybe tweak here and there. I totally do that. Um, And so stepping back and um looking at it even sometimes another super helpful tip is even taking a photo of it and then looking at the picture of your bookshelf on your right. iphone or whatever and then you can kind of see cuz you know it's different when you're walking around a space and you can actually move in all these different directions things that yeah. look different than if you take a still you know 2d photo and you're just looking at it straight on so that's a great kind of way to kind it. of analyze what you've done and you can see how you've um, Use the tips too.
1: Well, that's all good advice. We're going to put a link to that article in the show notes so people can check it out. But, Michaela, if our listeners have any questions or want to get in touch with you, maybe hire you, how's the best way for them to get in touch?
3: Yeah, so um, you can follow along on Instagram at Michaela Noel Designs. Um, and then my website is the same MichaelaNoel and my email is listed on there.
1: All right, well, Taylor Noel, thanks so much for being on the phone with us today.
3: Of course, thanks for having me.
1: Now, all right, we're going to take a break and when we come back, we're going to be talking about the state of the industry right now. If you need to hire a contractor, what are your chances? Yeah. We're going to tell you all about that just ahead,
0: stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung. The Repcolite Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're
1: back, and right now, Haley and I are joined in the studio with Ryan Mullen, Repcolite Sales Manager. Ryan. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. How yeah. do you feel about this? You had no idea this was going to happen. You showed up for another purpose entirely, <laughs> and we kind of roped you right into this. Well, it's like, like
2: improv. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> At least there's no nerves, no buildup. Yeah,
4: yeah, exactly. No time to think about it, so it's right. fine.
1: Right, yeah. So whatever Ryan comes out with, he had no time to prepare. We're kind of putting him on the spot. Now, anyway, he showed up, and we were talking about the state of the industry right now, what it's like for contractors. I was curious how busy they are because we've got a find a contractor form on our website and people will use that quite regularly. I send those to you, Ryan, and you seek out names that we can send to our Customers are the people seeking names, and hopefully they connect with contractors and get work done. Right. So I was just curious, how do things look right now? And you said for contractors,
4: it's crazy busy. Yeah, crazy busy, um, A lot, especially with the exterior. A lot of contractors are booked out, and sure. exterior season is winding down, too. Um, we live in Michigan, so it only goes so long.
1: And so how that, many of our contractors are uh, are interested in doing exterior work? I mean, it's, it's a smaller number than... Yeah, I would say 50-50. Okay, okay. Um, so we have a fair amount, but you said it's just booked out for a while, and potentially we're looking at, if you're trying to hire somebody right now, it could be...
4: It could be next year before next they can year. get you on their schedule. Or, which, or, or, or.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's the kind of thing where you have to plan so far in advance to get these jobs done, even in normal circumstances, I think. But right now, I mean, with the state of the industry and with the weather that we've been having, none of it's ideal. <laughs> right.
1: Well, yeah, yes. with all the rain, that just
4: slowed everything down, all the outs- outside work, at least. Yeah, so that set people back, maybe one or two jobs already um, that they're going to have to finish in the fall. So, so what about the interior uh, side of things? How's that looking? Same thing? Same thing. Still busy. Yep. Every, every painter, contractor out there seems to be very busy at this present time. So if you're looking to hire somebody, you definitely have to keep, take that into account.
2: We'll still get you names of good people, but we can't say that they're for sure going to have time this year to get you in. I think that's just a good expectation. You know, these are great people to reach out to, but ultimately, yeah, their schedule is, well, we can't really predict it.
4: Right. Well, (laughs) and this happens every year, but is this year worse than other years? This year is worse than our other years just because it's super busy. And then all the rain in the middle of the exterior painting season did not help. Right. So if you've got a smaller project, I guess let's, in the last little bit that we've got, you know, try to get some
1: help out there to people because we don't always plan on this. You know, when I have to have my car fixed, I don't always think that I need an appointment because I used to just bring it in and they'd change the oil right then and there. And I did that a few years ago and I realized, oh, the... Industry has changed a little bit. I need to make appointments for these things now. We don't hire contractors on a regular basis. A lot of us don't. And when we did, it was an easy thing. Now it's more complicated. So first off, we always say at the beginning of the season, it's good to start early, you know, start early. So honestly, if you've got projects coming up next year that you're kind of thinking about, now is probably the time. To try to start lining up a contractor, don't you think?
4: Definitely. Yeah, for sure.
1: So you can reach out to us on repcolite.com and fill out the form. You can find it right on the homepage. It says find a contractor. Quick little form just tells us where you're located and what kind of work you're looking for. And that'll come to Ryan. We'll try to find some contractors who are suited towards that kind of work and get you the names. Now's the time to start. You can always get on the calendar for next year.
2: Right. But if these jobs are small enough, too, where you could actually tackle some of this yourself, maybe you're not the most confident DIYer, we're happy to help you in the stores and figure out that project for you and walk you through it.
1: All right. We've got yeah, people in the stores who will walk you through every aspect of things. I've, we've talked to so many people who've emailed Ryan. You've gotten some of these emails where they're small little
4: projects that are relatively easy to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you can definitely do them yourself. Yeah. Just with a little guidance in the store. I think, yeah, most projects turn out turn out great. Painting is
1: not as complicated as we sometimes make it. And a lot of the times it is compl- if it's been complicated for us. I don't know about your your experience, guys, yeah. but mine Is I have used the wrong tools or I have not acquired all of the tools necessary for the project. So I had to kind of make it work. And I know my mom just did. My mom, honestly, she's listening, but she knows it. She knows it. (laughs) She drives me nuts. She will, has always done that, where she'll try to save a little money on the Uh paint or something like that. And she's used better paint. And she's talked about the the huge difference that is. And mom painted all the time when we were growing up.
2: Yeah, you said that.
1: Yeah, we'd come home and, and the entryway would be a different color every single week, it seemed like. So she's no novice when it comes right. to painting. And she would use. I remember when she used Hallmark, you know, years back, or Repcolite's Hallmark, or lately she used Scuffex, Benjamin Moore Scuffex. And she called me each time in those particular instances. She called me probably five or six times in the course of two days to just go on and on about how different it was to apply good paint. And so a lot of us get into a project, we try to cut corners on things. Long story short, we end up using tools and products that aren't quite up to maybe the best standards.
2: Or we just don't understand the prep work that has to be done first to make the job go smoothly. I think that's always a big part of it, too. And that's why, you know, when you're thinking about these projects, just stop in and see us before you even start. So we can really walk you through the entire process and make it super straightforward.
1: Right. We'll get good products in your hands. We'll get you the right tools, get you the right information. Any rep Light Report City Paints can help. We've got our online chat. If you've got questions off hours or you just, that's how you like to roll. You can <laughs> chat with Peter that way. The good products, the right tools, all of that will make a difference. If you do still want to try to get a contractor for next year or who knows, Maybe the stars align and you get a contractor this year yet. You can still do that by checking out that form online. And Ryan, you'll help them connect that way. Yes, definitely. We'll turn that around within 24 hours and get back to you. At least get you some names. All right. That's all the time we've got. Ryan, thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, thank you. If you want to catch this one again, you can find it online at Repcolite.com. We've got all the past episodes there. You can also subscribe to the podcast and never miss another episode. Now, Haley, we should tell them about Monday it's the 4th of July of course we made a big deal out of it This we didn't have to everybody knew it was the 4th <laughs> but we're going to be closed on Monday
2: yes on the 5th we will be closed so you know maybe take a break that day yeah
1: take a break <laughs> enjoy your family get out there do whatever you do that makes life fun for you I'm sure paint is involved and if that's the case the rep colite and Port City paint stores are open until 3 today waiting to help I'm Dan Hanson and I'm Haley
0: Johnson thanks for listening